No, no, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. <laughs> All right, it's time for another Con Air Radio. And of course, we are your hosts. We got Artab. I am here. <laughs> Kind of, kind of dozed off for a minute there, didn't you? I just closed my eyes to, to build up the energy for that. <laughs> right. And, I'm done now. See ya. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, of course, I am Hagrid. I'm Jared. How you doing? Other than, other than looking really, really tired right Street now. Is, I am sleep deprived. <laughs> I normally only sleep four to six hours normally, and I think I'm getting less. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't even think my phone will talk to me anymore about how many times. It's like you're not even existing. <laughs> oh, boy. So, oh, well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? Two jobs and a stream at night? Yeah. And I'm that stubborn guy. I'm not the one that wants to cut out the streams. I want to actually still try to stream every night. So I'm like, okay, just move it back another hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that, that video online where, you know, the streamer falls asleep playing games. And I see that it's you. I, with, to be honest, the other night, I was so woozy. I'm just sitting there going, I was talking, I was talking, and I was talking, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I can't really tell you what I was just talking about. <laughs> I, I, uh. Well, at, at least you got some caffeine over here with you, so that's that's good. Yeah, it's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. If, if you need, I'll punch you in the arm a couple of times oh, during the show. that would be so special. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, introduce our guest? Well, I, normally I like when to do their own introductions because just for the fact that uh, I don't screw it up so bad. So I would just give it to Hal um, to introduce himself and give us a little bit of a, a gist of what he does and uh, who he is. All right. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Welcome, Hal. Thank you very much indeed. I'm Hal C.F. Estelle, and I don't sleep very much either. (laughs) Uh, What do I do? I do lots of things. Uh, Well, you do a lot in con stuff. I do a lot of con stuff. I'm chairing uh, CocoCon for uh, for Western SFA and CASFIS. That's coming up over the Labor Day weekend. Oh, cool. I'm the Western SFA chair. Mark Bernice is the CASFIS chair, so we're running that together uh, for the weekend. I also run the Apocalypse Later Empire, which includes all sorts of stuff, including the Apocalypse Later International Fantastic Film Festival, which is an <laughs> international genre film festival, which hopefully is fantastic in many different ways. We show fantastic films, and hopefully they are fantastic. Uh, that's mid-October. And I also run azfandom.org, which is a history of all of the fandom conventions and activity that's gone on here in Arizona all the way back to the very beginning. So we've got calendars for this year, next year, and on out. As soon as people announce, we get the details up. But also all the way back to the first convention we had, which was 1970. That's cool. What, what was that one? That was PhoenixCon. I bet you can't guess where that was. Uh, Mesa. Tucson. <laughs> uh, you, you're, on the, you're on the right lines. It, it, it happened twice, once in Scottsdale and once in Tempe. It was never ah. in Phoenix. Wow. <laughs> Gotta love that. <laughs> K- K- kind of like Phoenix Comic Con wasn't at wasn't in Phoenix until what a couple years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. twenty ten. Yeah. Twenty ten. Yep. It reminds me of some of those movies that are you know some of these based uh, big movies that are based around 
Arizona, and they're filmed in New Mexico. Mexico, <laughs> Nevada, everywhere else except Arizona. It should be law. There should be a law saying that. If you're going to do something about the state, you should film it there. Well, <laughs> if, if we had better tax, uh, tax yeah, help. That's, yeah, that's the key. Yeah. The Californians drive through Arizona to get to New Mexico to shoot films about Arizona. Yeah, yeah. that's true. We used to have... Uh, tax incentives. The fact the film called Arizona was shot in Arizona. Yeah. Right. That was uh, why they built old Tucson Studios back but in some, 1940. Some of them don't care. I mean, there was that Will uh, Ferrell movie that was shot here for a little bit. Um, there was uh, also the last Transformers movie had a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, had a few uh, scenes They were here, here for a couple of days. So there are some films that just don't care because either they're only going to be here for a short period of time and it's like, ah, it's not going to really be a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be careful about location shooting. I heard that uh, they hired Stanley Kubrick to fake the moon landing <laughs> and he agreed, but he had to shoot it on location. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I, can I steal that? Because that, that that's funny. <laughs> that I like work. that. I stole it from somewhere. Feel free to steal it on. <laughs> He's caught up. He's asleep. I, <laughs> I know, right? I, I I was thinking about the Facebook posts where people are, are always like, "I take this, and I'm going to see if it works for me." And then they post it, and you know, the whole concept is post it again, post it again, post mm-hmm. it again. And I see it the first time. Oh, that is so highly entertaining. No way am I doing this. <laughs> I hate it when people turn around saying, going, oh, and post it. It reminds me of the old days of the chain letter. Mm-hmm. If you do not send this to ten of your friends, you're going to have the worst luck in the goddamn day. Yep. <laughs> Sorry about the swearing. I... No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you don't care. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. We don't care about that here. No, we don't. I, you had something. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was I was going to say so. Um, uh, in an estimate, how many different uh, fan conventions are uh, go on per year, like uh, on an average? Oh, it's been increasing steadily through the 2010s. Uh, really, I'm tracking 53 this year. Wow. wow. Last year was the peak with 60. Hey, we should get that list so we know where to hit up. <laughs> 60 so far, because I keep yeah. finding new ones. I just found out about one that was happening uh, this last week. It's only year 18, and I hadn't realized it existed. But, uh, it was uh, a time like this last that's a, Yeah, it's, it's the best wargaming convention in the world, basically. It's called ConSim Games Expo, also known as Monster Game Con, because they play real monster games. They're so big, they, they spend a week playing one game. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's serious wargaming, you know, Battle of Stalingrad, you know, let's do that with 20 people sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's year 18. It's at the Tempe Mission Palms. It's just finished yesterday. Huh. Wow. Never heard of it. <laughs> wow, that's, that, that's actually kind of cool. I could not, I mean, personally, I could not imagine playing one game in a, for, for an entire week. Like, I would have to break it up over various weeks personally, but... Well, normally they do because they, you know, they do it at home and you don't yeah. have 20 people to fight a war <laughs> and you don't have enough room in your kitchen and you have to keep moving everything to eat and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's a dedicated venue. They, they, they wait all year. They get ready. They work out who they're going to play, people that they haven't met before or they know from previous years, and they fly out and they play one game for a week. Wow. Well, what's the, uh, what's the smallest convention that we have out here? Do you know? Or? The smallest convention I think we've had is, is DocCon, which was another convention I didn't know about until year 18, and it's now my favorite <laughs> convention of all. Really? It's a Doc Savage convention. Uh, year one, it had five people. Hmm. Wow. It increased over time. Year two was seven. Year three, I think, hit 11. Uh, by the time we got to, to year 18 when I was there, and they brought Ron Ely out, who was Doc Savage in the movie mm-hmm. back in the 70s, they had almost 90 people. Wow. wow. 
But uh, yeah, compared to a Phoenix Comic Con, it's it's tiny, but it's a friendly one-room event, and it's it's the friendliest event anywhere, and it's it's wonderful. Well, it's it's like so many different cons have different structures, like um, uh, Maricopa Con, mm-hmm. you know, totally done by Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So basically, when the Kickstarter program is done, everything's paid. <laughs> Everyone's already paid. Everything's and that's ready a to big roll. relief for a con <laughs> runner. Trust me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and that's coming up. So I'm I'm looking forward to, to popping over there. And yeah, June, July into August, very much gaming conventions here in town, and we've got lots of them. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. we got through. We got crit hit this this month. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, Maricopa Con, Game Con, and uh, Game on Expo, and uh, uh, Sabo. Sabo at the end of Aranagas. Yeah, and Rincon's coming up as well down Rincon. in Tucson. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. We haven't gotten down to Tucson. It is part of my goals to, to get, get us down there. Uh, I mean, we did uh, Wild Wild West Con last year. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. And, uh, loved mm-hmm. it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we need a uh, better experience. I've had some terrible experiences down there. <laughs> <laughs> what, at Wild West Con or at Tucson? Uh, in Tucson, in okay. general. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love Tucson. I've, I used to go down. I used to do a Rocky Horror Picture Show down there. And uh, I used to go down one, once a month. And sometimes I'd, spend, I'd just spend a couple of hours just doing the Rocky Con, coming back. And then a couple of times I'd spend the whole weekend. I'd go down Friday after work, come back Monday morning before work. So. Yeah, we go down every year for Wild Old West Con. I, I MC the steampunk fashion show that my better half runs. I mm-hmm. run the film festival there. And we go down for Tuscon every year as well, which is the oldest active sci-fi convention in state. It's uh, 45 years this year. That's oh, wow. sweet. Um, oh, talking of gaming cons, though, there's one that's older. It's the only the second active, oldest active con in state. Flying Buffalo Con also coming up, also a gaming con. Hmm. That's uh, uh, started in '73, I think. So, jeez. And again, I didn't find out about it until recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never, never even heard of it till just now. I wonder how many of these cons James been to. Uh, actually, you know, James an author, so I'm presuming that the gaming cons he's probably not gone to. Probably not. <laughs> so, so, um, so I know that you uh, you like to keep active with the with the different conventions and whatnot. What would you say like is your your top Three that you love attending, not necessarily working <laughs> at, but attending. Uh, three in state, in state, uh, in yeah. state at least. Yeah. I know you're going to say that. Yeah, dot con's definitely my favorite because we don't do anything there; we just show up and enjoy. Mm. Uh, there's so few that I, I get to do that. Usually, it's some of the out of state ones, um, like this. Uh, well, no, I'm actually working Westcon 71 this weekend because I'm running a film festival for them. But mostly, we we can just go and attend and enjoy now rather than mm. have to have to deal with our bid for for Westcon last year. Uh, which takes up lots of time. Yeah. Um, other ones that I get to attend and not do anything. Uh, I'm trying to think what else they are. Tuscon, certainly. Uh, we were guests of honor last year, fan guests of honor, which was wonderful. But you know, usually we just show up and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so DotCon so and Tuscon. And I'm really struggling to think of a third one that we go to and do not work. <laughs> in, some, in some form. Right. That's, uh, that's the fashion with us, you know. Yeah. I could throw in Arizona uh, Game Fair because we went. I did one panel this year, uh-huh. so I, I did work it, but only just. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we sat down and played Nuclear War, and it was a lot of fun. I think our first year down there, uh, we just uh, we podcasted from the uh, hallway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah from from fun. Arizona Game Fair. Yep, it was good. Love it. I enjoyed <laughs> it. It was fun. 
Yeah, you're scaring me now. I'm thinking of how many conventions I actually work. <laughs> you know, whether I'm, I'm running them, I'm somewhere on the staff, I'm vending at them, I'm doing panels. It's so, so many. <laughs> well, but we actually have tried to get a panel for Sabotin. So yeah. Hadn't heard back yet. <laughs> no, I got, well, I got, if they yeah. don't, if they don't get back to you, then you know, could also go to the other con in town on that weekend, which is Coco Con, which I'm co-running. So you know, yeah, we're staying at Sabotin now. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> it's like okay. all right. Come down the stair. Come down the elevator. Yeah, we're going to another con. We'll be right back. <laughs> so, so where where is Coco Con? Coco Con's yeah. uh, Metro Center. It's the Double Tree by Hilton Phoenix North, okay. which is right off I uh, I-17 and Peoria. Okay, I know where that is. And uh, Leprechaun was just there, Leprechaun 44. Mm. Uh, we had it first, but they came in and set up as well. So we got a test run through the, the hotel to see what they were doing and what was good, what was bad, what we have to fix for CocoCon. So it was, it was good to have a dry run. Cool. Nice. It's always loved that. <laughs> you got to love that. So um, now you said that you are trying to put together or you are going to write a book about the history of, of uh, cons. Yes, uh, which is a pretty ambitious thing because I keep finding out these new things that I, I knew nothing about. And it's one thing to just not know details. Uh, and it's another thing to not know this whole swathe of fandom <laughs> that's really important. It's going to be a chapter or two chapters, you know. Um, yeah, I plan to write a book. I'm focusing on the 70s right now mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the, the guys that were doing things in the 70s have moved away. Uh, they're starting to pass on. Uh, you know, we're trying to find uh, documentation, publications, things like that to, to really build that. But I'm getting a lot of really good feedback, and there was some incredible stuff here in the 70s. Uh, what I really need to do is start writing now. Uh, right. and I, I was going to do that last year, and last year was this incredible year for Arizona fandom in mm -hmm. so many of the wrong ways. Uh, you had conventions coming in that were just outrageously wrong in every way you yeah, had yeah. all the craziness at, at uh, phoenix comic-con there, there was so much um and it seemed to pervade the whole of, of fandom so i was going to start writing at the beginning of the year and just document all of this and i thought oh no no there won't be that much uh, <laughs> yeah boy was i wrong <laughs> now when you when you write about phoenix comic-con you're going to have to make sure it's like phoenix comic-con <laughs> Well, it wasn't, it wasn't Phoenix <laughs> Comic Con to start with. It was Phoenix Cactus Comic Con for right. mm -hmm. six, six years, I think. So yeah. Six into seven. Yeah, the first page of that book is going to be all title. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix Comic Con, then known, or Phoenix Cactus Con, then known as Phoenix Comic Con, then known as Phoenix Cause Fest, Comic, Comic Fest. Fest, now Phoenix Fan Fusion. And that's like I, half the page right there. Hopefully it'll stay fan fusion on out now. They own the trademarks. They own yeah. the domains. They own everything. And, I mean, they, they have the, the two other cons in, uh, in Vegas and Minnesota. Minnesota. They're, all, they're both fan fusion. And they're so. all fan fusion now. Right. Yeah. I think, I think they're definitely going to stick with that at least, at least for five years. Yeah. Well, no, I think on out until... Yeah. Til, Things don't work, or I don't know. Until they find out that the Fan Fest is gone, San Diego and uh, already had those rights. <laughs> well, that's that's why they had to change to Fan Fusion because right. they they didn't notice that they had a San Diego Comic Fest, which is also one of my favorite conventions to attend. <laughs> it's a wonderful, best panels ever that convention, but it's not run by the same people. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, it's not a, a Comic Con international event, but it still exists, so it makes sense to change to something that doesn't exist, and then nobody could possibly sue you at any point. Yeah. You would think. And, and, and for as long as that lawsuit went on, I still laugh about the fact, okay, San Diego, you won. What was the winnings? 
$56,000. Well, I don't think it was about the money. It was about protecting their trademark, and Salt Lake was poking the bear. Salt Lake was poking the bear, but look how many places that are still doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but they're not driving up and down in front of San Diego Comic-Con uh, with a truck true. plastered Salt Lake Comic-Con on the front. I suppose that's true. Uh, really pushing the fact that, hey, you know, Comic-Con International has set up another event in Salt Lake. Maybe we should go to that. <laughs> yeah. No, they had a really good case there. They're not really pushing anybody else. Um, that, that I'm aware of. Phoenix Comic Con only came along because uh, Matt from Square Egg joined the Salt Lake side mm-hmm. in that case and, uh, and then sued uh, San Diego because he wanted to get the, the trademark annulled. Right. And yeah. I can applaud him for that. I, I, I get that. But they lost. Therefore, he did the safe thing and changed the name of the event just in case. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it either way. Um, you know, I see the negativity um, every year about people complaining about, well, it was this. Oh, it was that. Oh, the security. Oh, the lines. Oh, the prices. To be honest, if you really do the research, our prices are still technically some of the best. I really enjoy Phoenix uh, insert name this year, Come. Um <laughs> That, 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 that's great. You should trademark <laughs> that right <laughs> now. Name, yeah. I was going for Pop Culture Phoenix. I thought it'd be great if we, we could just save up all year for our PCP fix, but yes. they, they didn't want to go with that. Um, no, I really love the event. I've been going since 2010. I've been vending for a while. I, I'm a panelist every year. I, I really enjoy that event, but anything that big is going to upset somebody because right. it's not going to be what they want. It might be exactly yeah. what you want, but it won't be what you want, and you can't please all the people all the time. Uh, just to put on an event that big is, a, is an achievement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the craziness that went down, uh, most of it wasn't their fault. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they've been doing a lot of good things. I've been really impressed the last year because th- what they did wrong was the PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some really, really bad PR. They, they should have you know, stood up and said, this wasn't our fault. We've got to do this because the city of Phoenix says we've got to do this. But right. they didn't. They said, yeah. well, we're changing this. And everybody got upset with Square Egg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's one of the big things. Is, I mean, they, I, I, I can see why they, they didn't want to throw the city of Phoenix under the bus, but it would have been a lot better to actually say something like, hey, we have to adhere to right. Phoenix guidelines this is why we're changing it. And I know so many people be, who would be more than happy, you know, to say, oh, well, if Phoenix says we can't do it, then fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Oh, well, we complain at those people instead, you know. Yeah. And Square Egg's fine this time, but those guys. You know. Well, and, and the fact that uh, because of the, quote, Phoenix changing their uh, uh, regulations in this, in this bout, uh, all the side venues, all the, the, the Hyatt, the... Uh, other hotels. Renaissance. <laughs> Renaissance. Yeah. yeah, we uh, did stuff in the Sheraton a few years ago. All the steampunk stuff was in the Sheraton. It was a pain. Just just imagine uh, I had to I had to walk from the, well, run, because I was in a hurry, yeah. from the vendor floor to the Sheraton in 114-degree heat in a gorilla suit. That was yeah. not fun. Weight no. loss program initiated. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like all right i'm already 10 pounds lighter and i just got it out here some of that i think was to bring it in house do it all in one building it's all under one and that's exactly one set of rules but uh i hear the uh the chair throwing incident where somebody threw a chair out of the hyatt window uh really didn't help them doing that so that's why the gaming shifted i think 
which yeah. is sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we stay at the Hyatt almost every year. And, it, you know, when you go in there and it's like, man, I could hear a cricket from three floors away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. quieter this year, huh? Yeah. It, it was. It was a little, uh, little haunting, mm-hmm. if, if I do say so myself. Yeah. yeah. No, they, from what I gather, the gaming was good. They had good people running gaming, oh, and, yeah. and it was yeah. there, you know, but uh, people are going to complain regardless. We get it that there's small cons as well. I mean, Phoenix Comic Con had 106,000 people in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of people. The small cons, we tend to have 300 or 500 people. It's a, you know order of magnitude different. But there's still people who complain, you know, well, you didn't do this. You did that. You know, it's, yeah, you, you just can't please all the people all the time. You've got to try and play to the traditions, but you've got to, you've got to change with the times as well. And, and trying to do both at once is uh, almost impossible. You know, it would really be scary if someone turned around and said, oh, no, from now on, all cons need to be secured, need to have, you know, this kind of level. Because you can see how many of the smaller cons are going... Screw you. We're done. <laughs> well, most of the most conventions aren't in convention centers because they Correct. don't have 100,000 people. Right. So they're in hotels. This mm-hmm. is an, this is open carry state, concealed carry state. It's certainly a carry state. It's, it's, yeah. op- it's open carry. Open carry. So, yeah, people can walk into the hotel with guns. Uh, Actually, so, by law, you can carry a machete. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how can you stop people who are at the convention at the hotel from carrying guns when they could be staying there? They could They could have a room with their guns in it. Yeah, um, you know it's a very different thing when you get out of the convention center model. And like I say, very few cons are actually in the convention center. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to actually staying at Sabaton this year is because it's all in the hotel. It's you know you don't have to go anywhere for anything. No, so. except across the street to Hooters for some wings. Hooters uh, isn't across the street from there. From Hooters the Sheraton? Is, yeah, it's down down the street. No, it's across the street. We'll have to prove that. <laughs> I, pr- I proved it the other day. I was—I actually <laughs> went right down to the Sheridan. I was like, I'm going to be staying there for Sabadin. That's going to be lunch at least two times. Google Maps is your friend. That yeah. is true. <laughs> true, true. No, you, no you, you, should re- you should remember because we actually had to go from the Sheridan. We had to walk up to the streetlight, walk across, back down to the Hooters last year. Probably. Memory is not a good thing for me right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've been working on trying to remember what my middle name was all week. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin, right? That's why I could never figure it out. <laughs> Three sleeps ago, yeah, in basically. 2016, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's terrible. I swear. So um, I need to hit the Powerball so I can just say here, <laughs> I'm done. That would be nice. Yes, it would be. Uh, so what what would you say is the most um, outrageous convention that we have here in Arizona? Outrageous in what sense? Because um, Outlaw Comic Con really <laughs> jumps very quickly to mind, <laughs> but for all the wrong reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, j- just just something like completely out of the norm, like not necessarily something that uh, like anybody would really know about that actually goes on here in Arizona. Uh, wow. Um, and and Because and norms change. That's the yeah. other thing. We, we had a, a convention, convention called FringeCon. Mm-hmm. a few decades ago, and it was for uh, entertainment that was out on the fringe, you know, very niche stuff, you know, like uh, Marvel and um, Star Trek and Doctor Who and things like that, you know, way out on the fringe. Right. Uh, I mean, they were basically Phoenix Comic Con 20 years before Phoenix Comic Con, uh, but now it's, it's mainstream. Um, it wasn't then. Most outrageous, wow. I mean, you've got all the furry cons. Some people mm-hmm. would see those as outrageous. Uh, uh, that would be high on my list. 
don't know. I, I, I would I would go dressed as Baymax and just like go pet all the furries and just be like very to be hairy, really maybe? outrageous, you could do that and go to Detonation. That's the Wastelander event mm-hmm. up at Uranium Springs, um, out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, go put on your furry suit and uh, Ugh, and, and fire up the flamethrowers. Yeah, and die in about three hours. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the the oddest um, to a lot of people may actually may actually be Flying Buffalo Con because I mentioned that earlier. It's uh, Flying Buffalo is a, a play by mail company. If you remember that concept, it was where you played you know like Space War or something like that, but you did it through the post. So you'd mail in your move for the week. And the people running the game centrally would coordinate all of that, uh, work out everybody's move, send out the next, um, you know, the details so people could then make their next move. And Flying Buffalo Con is when they all get together in one place and do that quickly. So instead of... Email. Uh, well, no, in person. <laughs> in person. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's every, you know, move every hour instead of move every week. So oh, they can wow. get through a whole campaign oh. in, in the weekend. Speed. Which, uh, <laughs> which again is completely normal for a, a good chunk of the community, but may seem really strange to other parts of the right. community. That's I mean, e- even just the concept of that's blowing my mind. Oh, there's there's some there's some really bizarre things when you start learning about flying buffalo. Um, the gentleman that that runs it, uh, Rick Loomis, he was the first person anywhere in the world to buy a computer for the purpose of playing a game. Hmm. That's interesting. It, he spent, I think it was 30 grand on basically a mini computer uh, <laughs> per month uh, payments, and it had a whole 4K of RAM. Eventually, he upgraded to 8K of RAM. You know, this, wow. is, this is how far back we're going. Yeah. They maxed out a CPU there. <laughs> yeah, now, nowadays, you look what you got in your pocket on your smartphone, and yeah. It's like, man, smartphone nowadays takes, you know, took up an entire room mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. Some people would say Wild World Westcon is completely out there. I, I, I feel very much at home at Wild World Westcon, especially in my steampunk attire as Henry Count Chaos. But, yeah, it would be very strange to a mm-hmm. good chunk of the audience. Which I have to say, now, now that I'm looking at you, now that I remember from Wild Wild Westcon, I'm like, okay, now I can place <laughs> the face. I'm like, okay, now, now I remember who you are. Yeah, the big green jacket yeah. and the gold waistcoat. and Yeah. It, it's very interesting because I like I, I even talk with a bunch of cosplay friends. It's like we every time we meet up, we're in cosplay, and then when we see each other on the street, we're just like running. It's like, wait a minute, I know that voice. Wait, are you? It's like, yeah. It's like, whoa. Like, uh, uh, actually, just the other day, uh, we went to the uh, Rockets uh, Rockets Rad '80s party version two. Because, yeah, version two point and there was this lady there. I recognized her, but I didn't even know who she was. And then she's like, she came out and was like, you're Hagrid, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. It's like, I'm Moaning Myrtle, the one with the toilet seat around my... Around <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, now I know why I know you. Okay. Yeah, now we understand how Clark Kent could get away with nobody recognizing him being Superman. Right? Exactly. As long as you take the glasses yeah. off, you're, you're 100% safe. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I, yeah, I tend to be a little bit more recognizable, the beard and the kilt and yeah, all of that. True. It's, uh, yeah, if, it's hard to hide. If I would have known that you were wearing your kilt, I would have put mine on. I know he was going to say that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wear it every day. It's the most comfortable thing you can wear in Arizona. That I have a built-in true. breeze everywhere I go. That, that is true. <laughs> I, need to get, I need to pick up a couple more. Actually, one of my, one of my friends, she sent me a, a website that uh, she's like, I, I, I think you might like this. And they're kilts that actually, they're, they're utility kilts. Mm-hmm. They're 
black on the outside, but on every uh, every seam on every uh, everyone there's the different uh, the different colors of the Hogwarts houses. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm like, hmm. That would be nice. I can you can only be one house. You do understand this, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 can, I can be just one house, or I can just get all four and whatever I feel like that day. It'll be like a, like a mood kilt. Okay. You just turn it around <laughs> to, the next, to the next house. Yeah, like, I feel Slytherin today. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very Slytherin today. Here we go. Let's put this. Well, and, and they have a lot of other ones, too. They a have like huffy, a, puffy today. They, they, they actually have like, a, like pride ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they have just a bunch of random colors that you can, you can just throw in there um like even custom ones too which kind of goes along with one of the ideas i want to do i actually want to do geek kilts yeah why not yeah that would actually be kind of fun just like nerd fabric just like that i I thought i've seen i thought i saw a doctor who one uh, a year or two ago yeah actually i know i know who you're talking about i actually saw them uh saw them i asked them about like yeah they they made it themselves Hmm. You need to do that really quickly and trademark it because you've just announced that over the air. Oh, so, I've, I've, so everybody now knows what you're planning I'll, I'll, and they're going to get there first. Him. I'll edit them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. You see, the thing is, this can count as my trademark because I had the idea first. It was on the air. Oh, if it's not on paper. Copyright, not trademark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, copyright. It's okay. I'll, I'll just write it to myself and, and mail it to myself tonight and... <laughs> Have the poor man's trademark and send the copy to your lawyer. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then pay the uh, government the filing fee. That's the key. There, there you go. Yeah, there goes two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so we should probably take our break. Yep. And that way, when we come back, we can get into more detail. Um, how you probably well, you did cover how you were going to attack your book, but uh, a little bit more detail on that, like mm-hmm. where and, and uh, also where you're getting some of these research information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I'd happily talk about Coco Khan and happily talk yeah. about Easy Fandom and Apocalypse yeah. Later and whatever you need me to talk about, I'm here to talk. And oh, you yeah, got totally. Monster, uh, the Monster uh, one coming up. Mad too. Monster's coming Mad up. Monster. Oh, I forgot that earlier. I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah. attend this year. I'm doing nothing at Mad Monster except <gasps> attending. Oh, wow. And it's a great con. So, uh, yeah, that should be my other one on the, on the, on the top three. That's, that's one that I still need to get to. I, I was there. Dropping off my daughter. <laughs> talking, talking of machetes, we bought a machete made by machete from machete and had Danny Trejo sign it. Oh. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Jason Moma from, uh, 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 well, I guess now he's uh, Justice League. Game of Hawk Thrones, Hawk. I'm way out of date. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, Spoiler, he dies. Yeah. He uh, uh, actually That's uh, like has season his, one. I mean, <laughs> everybody own, dies. I know. <laughs> he has his own TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called Frontier, and it's filmed in Canada, but it's actually kind of hard to find. Well, while he was doing this fr- uh, in Frontier, he actually started learning to throw axes, throw knives, and stuff like this. And uh, he went on to, oh, crap, one of the night uh, talk show guys, and uh, he was doing throwing the axes on the stage, and they were feeding them beer at the same time, so he's like, Throwing the axes in, oops, miss, clank, 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 clank across the stage, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> he and some of the guys, I guess, that are up there, decided to create their own uh, company to make these knives and the axes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're all made like out of antler bone and and stuff like that. So they're pretty damn sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then you can add the Harry Potter colors on, and it's something new. There we go. <laughs> all right, so let's take our break, and we'll be right back. Clever Art Studios has 15 years of experience 
With clients like NASA, the Arizona State Museum, Discovery Channel, Science Channel, and the National Geographic Television. She has skills in animation and illustration. You can find her at Facebook and LinkedIn. And she has her own website, www.cleverartstudio.com. Hey everybody, Ed Vanderly here, the host of 1980-something. Do you love the 80s? Did you live through the 80s? Do you miss the 80s? Every week we celebrate the decade of decadence right here on Star Worldwide Network with 1980-something. We take you back in time. We talk about music, movies, TV, fashion, the games, whatever comes to mind. So join me here each week on 1980-something on Star Worldwide Networks. Just a fact, Jeff! That's a fact, Jeff! You're listening to Star Worldwide Networks, where you can host your own radio show. If you're looking for a way to get out your message, welcome to the future. Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks offers you the opportunity to use our state-of-the-art studio to create your very own radio show. Our experienced and helpful production staff will help you every step of the way. Our free mobile app allows your listeners to take your show with them and play it live or on demand. Even if you're not in Arizona, we've got you covered with Skype technology so you can broadcast from anywhere in the world. Whether you're in it to grow your business, make a statement, deliver a message, or just have fun hosting your own show, Star Worldwide Networks can make it happen. Star Worldwide Networks, where you are the star. For more information, just visit us at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. All right, and we are back. So I know that... uh, R-Type, you said you wanted to go ahead and talk about some more stuff. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to cover, uh, I really wanted to find out where you got some of your research for, or where you're finding the research for your for your book. I know you said uh, that uh, you were pulling up like old posters and, and uh, uh, flyers and stuff like that from the before. I'm trying to find as much documentation as I can. Right. Uh, so all the publications, program books, progress reports, flyers, um, you know, everything. And I've got a number of people now who are either donating, um, you know, publications that, oh, I've got these boxes in my garage that have been there forever. I need to get rid of them. Here, have them. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Uh, or they're just lending them to me so I can scan them, right. uh, put them online and return them, which is just as good in my book. Uh, it means that I can get to the information and the public can get to the information. And if they want to keep their stuff, that's up to them. It's their stuff. Now, are you going back and trying to find some of the original people? Yes. And a lot of them are still around. Um, not as many here as could be, but some of them are still here. Uh, but a lot of them moved out of state and I've managed to track some of them down. And that includes a lot of the people who really started everything here. Really, we're, we're 50 years old this year. Right. Arizona fandom mm-hmm. started really in about 1968, uh, tail end of the year. So really about 50 years, um, and a lot of them are still still with us. It's I mentioned uh, my friend James Owen mm-hmm. uh, being an author, and he's been doing this since he was like 17, and he's my age. So he's one of those kind of people that 
um, probably knows or have been uh, to a lot of those conventions. I know he mostly focuses on the larger ones now. Um, He's done the small ones. He was a guest of honor at, I can't remember if it was Leprechaun or Coppercon. It was probably a Coppercon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he came out as a guest of honor there earlier in his career. Um, Yeah, he he may well have stuff. Um, It depends on what people keep. Um, And especially back in the 70s when people were... Uh, you know, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have a lot of the things we have for granted now. So they were they were creating zines, right? Mm-hmm. And it were, there was a a lot of zine activity here in in state. So those guys tend to keep things. Well, I know that uh, he has a lot of space. Mm-hmm. His studio up in Taylor is uh, is huge, <laughs> huge. It's it's actually an old temple. Oh, nice. <laughs> the so. the problem I get with some of the 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 early fandom from Arizona um, isn't that they didn't keep things, it's that they've since donated them to a university archive. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to Liz Danforth, who uh, was one of the early fans here. She ran Star Trek zines back in the very end of the 60s into the 70s, and she became a, an artist on Tunnels and Trolls and Magic the Gathering and all that sort of stuff. Cool. A very important artist, and she said, oh yeah, I, I, I donated all those zines a couple of years ago to the University of Texas or wherever it was. And it's like, oh, I can't borrow them then. Okay. Um, and there's, there's a number of archives that I need to go dig into uh, to get information for things that I, I, I can't find. There's very little online, at least until uh, I set up AZ Fandom. Right. But now that you're, you're AZ Fandom's out there, that you're actually building up all the uh, old history. So and, that's kind of nice. And building's a good word because it's not just me. There are other people coming in once they realize it's there. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got this, I've got that. And I can find odd little bits of information here um, to add in uh, at odd points. Like I just found out one of the early leprechauns. Um, I had the, the, the year and the month. I didn't have the actual dates. Uh, well, finally, somebody scanned in a, a fanzine from 1978, 79, mm-hmm. and it's got the dates in it. Now I can fill in that right. little bit of information. So gradually other people are, are scanning things, putting them online, uh, or sending them to me. It, it's kind of like uh, the Mormon uh, family tree maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, constantly sending in new information, updating constantly. So that, that's, that's kind of interesting, you know, especially if you can find a way to... Um, add the donor's information like on a, on, on a back page or at the bottom of the page or in some fashion. Yeah. Basically, information gathered by. Yeah, bottom um, of the front page at azfandom.org has a thanks section. <laughs> people who have given me information and people who have uh, got me publications in either physical or digital form. So I'm uh, listing them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, cool. it's a, it really is a team effort. So that it, is a big project. Yeah. So uh, what, what would you say is like uh, not not necessarily a prized possession, but something that you found that you never would have thought of in a million years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know exactly which one. Uh, I got a copy of the Phoenix Fan Convention uh, program book donated, uh, which was great because I could then mm-hmm. scan it, put it online, which was you know the plan. And as I was scanning it, I realized that it was signed by George Takei. Oh wow, oh, that's cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, a guy I follow on, who's also an author, Kevin Hearn. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, he uh, did a, a, what's the word that I'm thinking of? It's a, a book that was basically uh, put together for Phoenix Comic Con. And, Exclusive. Uh, and the, all the authors that are in the book 
that wrote their little you know chapters or whatever little section were all at the con. Mm -hmm. So you could take the book, you know, buy it, go down, have them autograph it, and did he get all of them? I think all but one. I and think I'm missing one. And <laughs> Probably the same one. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think they were actually at the con. Um, and then I, I was so excited. And just for curiosity, within a week of leaving the con, I went on eBay. And I saw people trying to sell that same book for like $120, yeah. $130. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, um, no, no. It's, to me, it's a collector's piece. Yeah. I, I would never want to get rid of it. I always get mine personalized. It, it's, well, yeah, it's yeah. special. I know it's going to be worth a lot less when I die and my kids try to sell it. Right. But uh, it's it's personal now. And sometimes you get the best things when it's not just a signature. I think the best one I got was Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. I took a 27 by 40 poster of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and, and he had the, the post-its. He had to write the name on the post-it so he'd get the name right. And I right. put Hal and D. So he's writing to Hal and B. <laughs> oh, uh, D, D. I, oh, I, uh, I can swear on this. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so he, he realizes he's messed this up and he goes, oh, I, I, and writes on the poster, I guess I fucked this up a little. <laughs> Michael Rooker. <laughs> now, any other poster, that would have spoiled the poster, but for Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, that sums up the movie. That's the yeah. best synopsis for that movie you could write. I, I was excited because I, I was kind of trying to go along the same route one time, uh, like last year or so. Uh, I found out that Charlie Cox was coming to con. Uh, and of course people know him now as the daredevil but uh, I watched him first found out about him through a movie called Stardust oh yep yep um, which was written by Neil Gaiman who was also here the same time now my finances kept me from doing what I really wanted to do my goal was to go down to the Neil Gaiman VIP one on one thing have him sign a Stardust poster that I ordered offline uh, have him sign it and then go to the con and have uh, Charlie sign it. Didn't have the money to go to the Neil uh, and Charlie Cox. Canceled. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, he better come around soon because I got this poster and it's burning a hole here. <laughs> and then I find out he's at, um, or he was just at, I think, uh, Amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's Amazing Vegas. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And, the part that bothered me is, see, last year we were invited to go to Amazing, and I didn't even apply this year because I knew the money was going to be tight. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, we're about to head out to Denver tomorrow for Westcon 71. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, you know, absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, once you go to out-of-state cons, you've got gas, you've got hotel, you know, right. it really yeah. starts to add up. And that's, and that's what we're, that's one of our goals. Uh, we're trying uh, to attack this on two fronts. We're going to try a Patreon page, which we've had a mm-hmm. Patreon page, but uh, we don't really have any uh, incentives on it, so no one really goes to it. Uh, and then uh, we're also looking into getting some sponsors for the show, which we can then turn around and take that money and put it into going to the, the more closer ones because for example as i said we've never been down to the tucson one uh conventions and there's a couple down there i mean they have the tucson comic-con they have tucson um well when we're off air i'll share you the i'll share the uh the best hotel to get 
Oh, okay. cool. But I'm not going to advertise that on the air because no, then no, somebody's going to book it out from under me and I won't get in the room. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the, uh, the Tucson, uh, once again, we were planning on going to Katori up in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't make it. Um, you know, so I try to put these things on my list so that we can start to get there. Uh, and then, of course, Vegas. And then uh, I wanted to hit Yuma. And then mm-hmm. I figured we'd hit all the, that. That would pretty much be the major cons in the Arizona. Yeah, there's uh, a there's a gradual um, shift away from the centers. If you look back at 1970 and forward, everything's in the Phoenix metropolitan area right. or it's in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took a long while for that to change. Uh, I think CraterCon was the first one. I was up in Flagstaff, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was only one of those. But gradually, over the last few years, we're starting to see a change from the big Phoenix Comic Con-sized things where everybody in state descends, or from out of state, mm-hmm. descends on one location in, a, in, in the center of Phoenix. And now it's the, the libraries and the schools and yeah, library you know, churches yeah. even. Uh, and they're all over the place. So, right. you know, you've got your Apache Junction ones. You know, there's, there's, there's stuff everywhere. Uh, so you've got to start looking at the map and think, where is this town? Well, yeah. Disclosure I'm, I'm cons in Pine Top. Where's Pine Top? Let me look at the map. You know. I, I'm all for the library con in AJ because I can walk there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and I I've think been... that's the benefit. Uh, to the con, they've got the space already, so there's no cost yeah. Uh, they've got the staff already, so there's no cost there. Right. People are going to come very, you know, from nearby, and really at that point, you know, as long as you've got somebody dressed up as Darth Vader and somebody that's going to do a drawing of the kid that's coming in, you know, they've got the same experience so they can get a Phoenix Comic Con, uh, and they they have to walk. I was actually thinking about the, getting in touch with the people at the AZ or the Air Apache Junction uh, Library Con and actually try to get uh, Con Air involved. I wanted to set up, a t- set up a table and then actually set up the podcast gear and just have someone from, like, every table come over and spend, like, five, ten minutes with us telling mm-hmm. us what their stuff is, and we just put it out there. So basically covering all the tables. That could be cool. And yeah. so that's kind of my plan. And since, since it just was not too long ago, we have a little bit of time but i have to reach out to them so. a lot of the small cons have fan tables we have fan tables at coca con right you, and, and for community organizations non-profits those fan tables are free uh, yeah. generally you, you know one person who's coordinating it has to have a membership in the event right. and that, that's about it mm-hmm. um so yeah you could get a fan table at a lot of different conventions and just have people come across and talk talk into the mic yeah, and and that's kind of what we were we were debating is, or I was debating because <laughs> I hadn't brought it up to you yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> you heard it first here. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that. And uh, we've reached out, uh, as I said to Greg, uh, with uh, Monkey Paw, mm-hmm. and uh, we applied to do a panel. I had sent him an email about. I actually go. I guess this is our geek uh, geek session. It was to have. Um, the uh, voiceover actors for Overwatch do a panel together, mm-hmm. uh, and we would moderate it and uh, record it as a podcast. Sounds good. And I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, that's what I want." And he hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is a busy man, you know. He, he, is. Is. he is. He's not just running one convention. Yes, that's true. That's true. He's but, got uh, like what? Six. Six, six, I think. Yeah. Six. Four in six, state. Six, six or total. seven, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I remember asking him the question not too long ago. And there might be a new one this week. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be any time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, 
so, you know, gathering your research and building it, this, this is another question for me that's kind of interesting. How much bandwidth is your website starting to take up? Because that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot of detail. I'm, I'm told I have unlimited bandwidth and unlimited space and all the unlimited things I can have. Um, Correct. So far, nobody's shouted at me to say, oi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm good to go. I've got about eight gigabytes of... Um, Actual uh, data. Of PDFs and stuff to download and odd bit of video. There's Most of it's PDFs. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're doing okay so far. Nobody's shouting. Um, if we get to the point, I'll have to either upgrade the package or start looking at one of the hosts that uh, ha um, takes care of nonprofits for free. Right. I, that's something that I was thinking about not too long ago is I wanted to make a, a costume for the big cons and basically get myself a, a big, thick-brimmed hat and put, like, four GoPros all the way around and call myself Gogol. <laughs> and I just walk through the con and just recording everybody, everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I just figured it would be a good way to, to kind of coordinate all the different views. And, uh, yeah, have fun with the editing afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much the only reason why I haven't, because of the fact that quality cameras now have gotten so huge. You know, it's like, all right, because I was looking at all the different cameras. And you the you did say they've got so huge, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try 1940. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, shrinking all the time. But, but uh, uh, you know, having everything in 4K. Right. And right. going through an entire convention with four cameras running 4K. Yeah, you'll definitely be out of this space on that. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. no doubt. Well, my <laughs> server now, see, my server at home is uh, six terabytes. And I have literally 40 gigs <laughs> left. Um, and I can I can pull hard drives and add maybe another uh, six, maybe another six terabytes. And then, okay. then I have to build a new system. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what's in my server when we get off air. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, about CocoCon. Coco. Absolutely. We we had a, a really odd situation. I mentioned earlier we had 60 conventions in state last year. Mm. We're at 53 this year. But we were actually looking at not having a science fiction fantasy convention in state for two years running, mm. uh, which is not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went to the Western SFA and said, hey, you haven't had a convention for a while. They've run conventions in the past. They've run anime conventions, science fiction conventions, gaming conventions. They ran the Westercon in 2005, which is a regional event. Mm -hmm. So they, they know what they're doing, but they haven't run an event in quite a while. And I said, now may be the, a, a really good time to get back in the game because we really need to have a science fiction convention in state. Mm -hmm. And once they were on board, we went to Casfus, who used to run the Copper Cons. Uh, they ran 34 Copper Cons. And they joined forces. So we've now got two sponsoring bodies working together um, with people and money and everything else to make this happen. And uh, it was really intended to be um, the convention to fill the gap. Uh, we weren't going to have a, a science fiction fantasy convention, so we created one. Of course, once we did that and we got moving and building, uh, Leprechaun changed and we actually got a Leprechaun this year. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't going to be the only one. And now DarkCon looks to be happening next year. They're, they're getting ready to go. So we may actually have three conventions next year that are science fiction fantasy. But, nice. uh, you know, maybe pushing this and, and the, the panic that I think a lot of people in the, the science fiction fantasy community were having that there wasn't going to be a convention 
in the fifth biggest city in the United States, right. uh, you know, we've got to do something. So, so CocoCon is a science fiction fantasy convention with a slight focus on literature. Uh, Leprechaun has a slight focus on art. Uh, CopperCon, which is what we've sort of become under a new name, uh, mm-hmm. has a slight focus on literature. Uh, but we have all the usual science fiction fantasy stuff. There'll be an art show, there'll be guests of honor, there's events, there's concerts, there's filk, there's panels, a dealer's room, you know, all the normal things and lots of parties. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, a, a full-on traditional science fiction fantasy convention. And we've had, you know, most of a year to build this. So, you know, it's, it's looking really good. See, that's why I keep telling them we need to get a list of all these cons. Yeah. <laughs> well, azfandom.org. It's yeah. got it right there on the calendar with maps and everything. Yeah, and I, I, I found a couple of websites that, um, I, well, I can't remember the name of the one, but it actually is the cons all over the world. Um, and uh, yeah, try, try keeping that up to date. It's yeah. not enough for me to do Arizona. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it is interesting to see. And then I'm kind of like, uh, for example, one of the ones that I want to go to is just because it's my old whole territory is uh, Halcon in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I really want to get up there. That'd be great. You know, because one of the years that I was looking at going up there, Kevin Hearn, was mm-hmm. going to be at it. And I'm like, yeah, that would be har- cool to harass him totally, uh, not only out of state, but out of country. <laughs> Go up going, hey, Kevin, what the hell are you doing here? A <laughs> Fr- friend of mine in Nova Scotia had me uh, get something signed by Terry Brooks when he was at oh, Phoenix yeah? Comic Con a couple of years ago. And by the time I posted it to her, um, Terry Brooks was going to be a guest at Halcon <laughs> in Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it, it, it's cool. I had uh, we actually had Terry uh, sign several of his books when he was here, so I was like, really excited to get those books set aside. Yeah, I, I've been to Halifax, but I grew up in the other one. Yeah, I Halifax, know. Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually grew up in a town called Windsor, about fifty miles away from okay. from Halifax. But uh, I did most of my my exploration in Halifax because they have such a cool uh, historic districts and such. And when back in my party days, they physically had like, I don't know, five, six bars every block. So oh. downtown, you could physically go. It's like the old Halifax, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, have a roundabout with, I think, about 14 uh, pubs, some right. of which are next to other pubs or underneath other pubs. And mm-hmm. see, that's <laughs> it. I mean, I remember that's going. How you do a pub crawl? I mean, remember uh, like uh, the Misty Moon was a big two-story one. It was up here, but if you walked out the door and you went down the street, uh, you go into Secretaries, which was like a basement type uh, mm-hmm. one, and they did mostly shooters. So they didn't really do the wines or the the mixed drinks. It was just really shooters. It's like here you go, here you go, here you go. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> and then you'd stroll over to the next one, and there was one about oh, 150 yards down, and it was a pool hall, mm-hmm. cheapest beer in town. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you go, you go, and I've been doing these expensive shooters and mixed drinks, and then you just kind of stroll down into the little. Start shooting pool, and I was paying like 50 cents for a beer. <laughs> and I'm like, 50 cents Canadian, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's I, I remember those days, and I really love Yeah, Halcon's been around for a while, I think. A lot of the, the smaller conventions have been around a long while. Um, Arizona, even though we're 50 years old, it, it's young compared to California and mm-hmm. some of the other places. Uh, but uh, Leprechaun was 44 mm-hmm. last, last weekend. Um, you know, we've got conventions that have done 40, 40 to 50 years almost. 
and and, and like we had mentioned before, some of them we have never heard of. And, and, and that's really kind of almost offensive in my category. It's just like we are Con yeah. Air Radio. We should have this information. We should know this. So Yeah, some uh, of them are, are, are really niche, though. Um, like, you know, I mean, I, I run ArizonaFandom.org. It's all, right. This is what it does. It's chronicling everything that happens. And then I found out about this one yesterday, or the day blue. before, and it's, it's on year 18. But it, it doesn't actually have a lot of locals that go to it. I mean, there are some. Mm-hmm. But most of the attendees, about 80% of the attendees fly in from uh, other states or from out of the country because this is the, the predominant convention for this niche. Right. Um, it isn't a niche that's big enough here in Phoenix to, to, to work without that outside Influence, help. Yeah. And that, that really helps it to, to survive because uh, when you're you know, booking the, the Mission Palms, you need room nights. You yeah. need people to come in from out of state. We were in, uh, actually, my better half uh, hiding behind us somewhere. She, she chaired Westcon 70 last year, year 70, right. um, at Tempe Mission Palms. And trying to get people to come in from out of state for the 4th of July weekend <laughs> was <Ooh>. really tough. <laughs> yeah. But we, we got a bunch. And, uh, you know, the, the room nights really helped to make that a profitable convention and put Leprechaun Inc. back, on, uh, back in the black. Cool, cool. That's definitely special. Um, yeah, I, d- I think you have a, a, a good niche that needed to be filled. The history of cons is, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's odd to talk about niches and start thinking of science fiction fantasy as, as a niche, but it really is a niche. And uh, there's a, a core audience that really wants these conventions to happen, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that just don't know about them. And you know, nobody's, nobody's going to go to the convention if they don't know it exists. That's true. So publicity is, is one of the hardest things. So thank you so much for allowing me on to, to say, hey, everybody, come to CocoCon, Labor Day weekend. Now, now that I think about it, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll get, publicity, your, uh, right? we'll get your links for the, mm-hmm. for the site and sites, and we'll push them out. Uh, I, I have a, a, a Google Calendar hooked up to uh, Con Air Radio where we usually, as I get or go to cons, we usually try to post them on there when they're going to be and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it would be good to start pushing those. Uh, it's, I've always gotten a kick out of going down. It's just what con's going on this weekend because cons have gotten so popular worldwide mm-hmm. that there's, you know, you can always say that there are several cons going on every weekend, pretty much. Uh, to find a convention that's not going on during the weekends, you're looking at, I don't know, Christmas, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanksgiving, maybe. Uh, well, uh, traditionally, a lot of the science fiction conventions went for, for holiday weekends because then they could get. Uh, good rates at the hotels because people weren't going to be booking otherwise, right. and also a longer, uh, longer weekend. So, like Leprechaun had last weekend, it was just a regular weekend, so they had a three-day convention. CocoCon's over the Labor Day weekend, so we've got a four-day convention. Right. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, so it's it's more value for the money. Yeah, I got a kick out of Salt Lake, which is Friday, Saturday. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, LostCon, which they is the big uh, no. LA convention um, that's older than Arizona Fandom. Uh, that's Thanksgiving weekend, so I've never managed to go because <laughs> we've got family things to do. Otherwise, I'd, yeah. I'd love to go. Right, and we're actually working on uh, uh, putting and putting together, and it's somewhat of a fantasy of mine, is to have a Con Air mobile, uh, and I'm actually looking to to re uh, redesign an old bus. Uh, and start using it to get from... Spend all the holidays on the road. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like being on the road, um, but I also have, know that there's going to have to be limits, you know, so, you know, driving to, say, Denver, which is, you know, what, a ten, eight, ten-hour drive? 13-hour uh, <laughs> drive we've got, two days. Yeah. So two mm-hmm. days there, two days back. 
and then, and then uh, five, six days for the convention, I think, because Westcon's always Fourth of July weekend. So Fourth right. yeah. of July is a Wednesday it's this Wednesday, year. Yep. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five days. Oh wow! So we'll get your information, your your links, and we'll push them out on Con Air, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, hopefully get some more attention to your uh, to your book. Yeah, thank and you very your, much. Your website. Well, all all the above. Yeah, <laughs> the convention, awesome. Coco Con, the film festival. Apocalypse Later International Fantastic Film Festival and a website, azfandom.org. Sweet. We'll get them out there. Yeah. <laughs> Should I mention a guest? I didn't mention a guest, did I? No, no. no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was going to ask, what, what do we have to look forward to at CocoCon? Uh, well, in, in addition to all the things I mentioned, we mm-hmm. have a number of uh, guests of honor where we, we bring them out and, and honor them for their contributions to uh, their fields. We have Harry Turtle Dove coming out from California. He's the master of alternate history. Mm-hmm. He's got a hundred plus books out. Wow. Uh, very prolific. He covers all the things of what if, right? If if the Confederates won the Civil War, if the Nazis won the Second World War, but he goes a lot deeper than that to more obscure uh, instances in time. Hmm. Uh, so he's a he's a real catch. Uh, so Harry Turtledove will be there. Uh, Steve Rude, who is a, an Arizona comic book artist uh, primarily he does fine art as well but mm. mostly known for his comic books he just did the cover for action comics 1000 wow for dc which was a huge deal yeah um and it's the only convention he's doing this year uh he's doing coco con uh he likes the small conventions and he's going to be he's going to be live painting throughout the weekend mm. um so uh you know come on out if you're if you're a steve rude fan definitely definitely <laughs> come to coco yeah. con you get real quality uh time with uh, the man himself uh, we have Beth Cato she's our local author guest of honor she's a steampunk author very very good uh, I love her work um, she's been locus nominated and nebula nominated uh, she hasn't won yet but she will because <laughs> she writes really really good stuff um, there's a lot of competition oh on, yeah so. oh yeah uh, she bakes incredible cookies as well oh, you've got <laughs> well, to co- eat her cookies <laughs> well um, we have uh, Cheshire Moon, or our Filk Guests of Honor. They're coming in from Iowa, uh, kindly sponsored by the Phoenix Films. Filk Circle. Phoenix Filk Circle. Let me get that right. Say that um, ten times too fast. Oh, yeah. And uh, I should also add that Steve Root is sponsored by Leprechaun Inc. as well. Give them uh, uh, thanks for, for sponsoring. And we also have uh, Eric Wiley. I think it's Wiley. I, I keep talking to him, and I never get to ask him, is it Wile or is it Wiley? It's W-I-L-E, but he's, a, he's our gaming guest of honor. Uh, he is um, multi-platform, I guess. He's mostly known for his massive uh, multiplayer online role-playing games. He did EverQuest and Star Wars Galaxies and, and things like that, helped with the design on those. Uh, but he also has an RPG that he's built, so he's tabletop as well. Hmm. Uh, so he's our gaming guest of honor. He's from Colorado, but he's just moved into state. Cool. So you're nice. going to see that name all over the place. He's getting his name everywhere in, in Arizona. So those are the guests of honor. Um, we also have many, many other uh, participants who are going to do panels and readings and signings and all that sort of stuff. And we have uh, the things that small cons do, the big cons don't, um, like quality time with the, the panelists and the, and the, and the guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can sit down and talk to somebody for an hour, which you can't do at Phoenix Comic Con. That's yeah. true. Um, we also have a con suite, which is the heart of any small convention, uh, especially the science fiction conventions, which is basically a, a room where you can come and eat for free. 
hmm. um, you know, on the con. It's not, it's not, you know, haute cuisine, five-star stuff. It's, it's um, you know, food that's going to give you sustenance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you come in and you sit and eat and you talk to people. You get to meet the people you didn't know you needed to meet. I remember uh, when we did uh, brown, the brown coat ball a number mm -hmm. of years back. Yep. Uh, I remember we worked on that for the longest time, and I'm sitting there going, I needed something to focus on, so I did the rawhide um, <laughs> project. So we got to take a busload of them out to the rawhide, and it was <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, small ones you stay mostly you were stay into that yeah, one. I was yeah. there. You were there, yeah. <laughs> I was there. I, I arrested uh, uh, Matt. Matt, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you arrested Matt. It was funny. I still had those pictures. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep you on site, uh, come to the parties, come to the events uh, all through the evening. Um, and that's something that we're... Usually if we have uh, external stuff, it's, it's either before or after the convention. And, and that's something that we're, uh, we're trying to slowly get into. And mm -hmm. we're the, the first real dabble of it, uh, it was like Phoenix, but everything was pulled away from the hotel. So... Yep. We're looking forward to Sabotin to see what kind of a uh, night flow they have going there. What, kind of, what kind of mischief? I'm leaving my wife behind, so we're going to oh. have fun. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, there, there's, there is two beds in the hotel room, right? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we, we might want to figure that out. Yeah, we're going to have to, <laughs> especially because you snore. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. It's, it's, not, it's not me that I'm worried about. I don't snore. <laughs> That you know of. I know I don't <laughs> snore. I'm awake when I, I go to bed. I don't snore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, well, um, thank you again for coming on and giving us uh, just, just a rundown of, of the this, uh, these awesome projects that you have going on. Oh, no worries at all. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I definitely want to get those links out, so we're mm -hmm. going to have fun plastering that over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, real quick for you guys that are listening, uh, make sure you do follow us on all of our social medias. Of course, we have uh, our Facebook page. We have Twitter, Instagram, all the other social medias. That we're everywhere. On we're we're everywhere. <laughs> Just look up Conair Radio on pretty much everything, and you'll be able to find us. And we're also on most of the platforms for the podcast itself. We're looking at uh, SoundCloud, Twitch. Oops, sorry, SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm yeah. already thinking about Twitch already. Yeah. That's terrible. You can find me on Twitch <laughs> at Smash Tower. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the uh, you can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, uh, our friends at Star Worldwide Networks. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also on Stitcher. Uh, and we are pushing to try to get into this other major platform, but it still hasn't happened yet. So Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see about getting there. Yeah. Um, but uh, and also, of course, we have our Patreon page. If you guys want to go ahead and help support our uh, our con habits, we Just, have some yeah. deep deep habits here yes. too. <laughs> Got to feed the habits. Yeah. Feed the habit. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, we are working on some new uh, uh, exclusive stuff for the Patreon, um, and there will be no nudity. I promise. Jared will keep his shirt on. <laughs> unless, unless you pay extra, that's like top tier. We're talking, yeah, it has to yeah. be a lot. It has and to be like like 50 not, bucks a month. Yeah, I'm not taking that <laughs> picture. Johnny! <laughs> Where's our friend Johnny? He can take you out one for you. <laughs> I, he probably would. And, yeah. and, it, and, it would, and it would look awesome. Yes. <laughs> all right, so. All right, so from all of us here at Con Air Radio, we will see, see you, you at, at the, the con. con. I see trees of green, red roses too. 